Hey guys, it's your girl Raya. First, I want to say that I am sorry for the mess up with the publishing of chapters. Chapter 1 is actually a combination of the Chapter 1 and this Chapter 1B. So, relax, welcome, and listen to this beautiful story. And, welcome back to Sakura Hangout Podcast. If you are new here, welcome. So, the I Am Sakurin book is an electrifying Afrofuturism serialized novel infused with technological fantasy on the backdrop of African culture. The blend of science fiction, coming of age, empowerment, and identity themes create a unique and enthralling reading experience, rooted in a non-Eurocentric perspective. The next day, as I blinked away the remnants of sleep, the morning sun painted the room with its gentle golden touch. For a moment, I lay there trying to summon the strength to face another day of discomfort, but the first thing I felt was the throbbing ache of a stubborn toothache that had begun the day I fell into the fountain, triggering my aquatic psoriasis. It echoed in my head like the distant drumbeat, a rather unwelcome rhythm to start the day. The room carried the faint scent of fresh flowers from the vase atop the bedside table, their vibrant colors a stark contrast to the room's soft cotton embrace. But before I could wallow myself further in the misery of pain, the sound of tiny feet scampering across the polished wooden floors broke the silence, a familiar rhythm that brought a smile to my lips each morning, the sweet, melodious voices of my twin daughters, Mingxia and Qinyang filled the air. They had burst into the room with an exuberance only children could muster at the crack of dawn. Their laughter temporarily banished the discomfort that had been my constant companion. The rustle of their silk pajamas and the lingering scent of their jasmine-scented shampoo trailed behind them as they rushed toward me. I smiled at their harmonious blend of Zhongguan heritage and the Western world they were growing up in, reflected in their sparkling eyes, alive with curiosity. In the blink of an eye, they were on the bed, their warm, small bodies enveloping me in a cascade of love. Their unique way of embracing me involved tiny hands cupping my cheeks, giggles spilling forth like laughter's own melody, transcending language. Good morning, mummy, Hay chimed in perfect unison. Their delicate fingers brushed against my skin, leaving behind traces of affection that no pain could diminish. As we lay there cocooned, a soft knock on the bedroom door served as a gentle reminder of the world outside our bubble of love. Chiamaka, our trusted maidservant, announced breakfast with her melodious voice a reminder of the diverse cultural tapestry woven into our lives. Reluctantly, the girls untangled themselves from our embrace and made their way out of the room, their chatter and laughter echoing through the hallway. Left alone in the stillness of the room, I mustered the strength to rise from the comfort of my bed and venture to the bathroom. The familiar tremor in my fingers made itself known, and soon before me, a cascading list of medications materialized on a flickering blue holographic screen, their digital display dancing to an erratic pulse. 
each drug's name blurred into an indecipherable mosaic, mirroring the chaotic labyrinth of my thoughts. Yet, amid the hypnotic dance of pixels, one image drew my attention, an unsettling reflection of my own sullen face gazing back at me with an eerie intensity. A chill coursed through me, tightening its grip on my core. As a cyber-hacker endowed with the power to manipulate technology, I had once believed I could conquer any ailment. But here I was, grappling with a mere toothache. No amount of code, scripting, or algorithms could vanquish this relentless torment. What had begun as a trivial toothache now gnawed at my sanity and seemed impervious to the arsenal of remedies at my disposal. Some days I had longed to unravel the mystery of the Enjuzu transformation, to fathom the intricacies of this metamorphosis that had shaped my people into the beings they were. The idea of enduring excruciating pain to emerge as an aquatic being was both fascinating and terrifying, but on this particular day I craved nothing more than the mundane, a life without the Enjuzu problems. My eyes weary from the sleepless nights, and I had a fatigue that had settled in, the constant pulsating pain from my jaw, radiating to my right ear, had left me perpetually exhausted. A metallic aftertaste lingered in my mouth from my bleeding gums, a grim reminder of my ceaseless agony. As I opened my mouth, I leaned forward toward the mirror above the sink, and a glimpse of my reflection startled me. My canine teeth, my fangs, dangled precariously, ready to detach from my gums. One by one I attempted to stabilize the loose teeth with my tongue, but the pain intensified. Over the years I had lost countless fangs, shedding them like a snake discarding old skin. They were my unique burden, the price I paid for my altered humanity, but also something I didn't choose to be. Blood drops splattered into the sink, causing me to contemplate the number of jars with fangs I would need to collect before the end of my life. An unsettling thought that gnawed at my sanity. I turned my attention away from the grotesque spectacle, determined to put it out of my mind. Then suddenly a sound like a screeching scream, akin to a banshee's wail, shattered the bathroom's tranquility. I flinched covering my ears in reflex as a veil of phosphines tore through the fabric of reality. Then a brilliant light burst forth from a swirling portal, unveiling the figure of Polara stepping through it. Ola, my dear, Western medicine will not heal work on you. You should know that by now, she said in a dreamy, echoing tone. Auntie Polara, my mother's younger sister, a beacon of hope in my mystic and technology-woven world. She didn't wait another moment, and she rushed to envelope me in a tight embrace, her skin glistening with a pearlescent sheen that concealed its true radiance. Her expressive eyes held the depths of the ocean, framed by formidable eyebrows that gave them a captivating gaze, her lips, rosy and full of life, and she carried the fragrance of the deep blue sea. I nestled myself in her braided locks, redolent of lavender. Well, you are late. I had to try to find something. 
I quipped as I swiped away the holographic display with a flick of my fingers, causing it to disappear. Polara's grin widened, and she retorted, It looks like someone has a tooth problem. If these were ordinary teeth, I'd be at the dentist's by now, I replied wryly. She raised an eyebrow and pouted playfully. Well, I'm glad we've established that. Recently, I've been asked to investigate a notorious ransomware gang targeting organizations bidding for an urn in Bujumbura. And this pain has been driving me crazy, I confided. Interesting, so A.L. is supposed to find the urn? Polara inquired with a curious grin, a smile tugged at the corners of my lips. No, we can use A.L. to trace where the ransomware is receiving instructions. It could be the source of the attacks. Polara tilted her head, her eyes filled with sympathy. Is it not enough that you created A.L. and have people working for you? I sighed, weariness weighing on my shoulders. It's a compromise that lets me avoid returning home. All right, I see. And where are those two boys? Aren't they supposed to be helping you with this? Polara prodded. They promised to come to the lab today, so I expect them any time now. Okay, let's take a look at that tooth, she said, rubbing my back. Together, we walked into the crescent-shaped glass house. The expansive room resembled a tropical oasis, filled with exotic plants reminiscent of a botanical garden back home. Sunlight streamed through the glass walls, casting a golden glow upon everything it touched. A crystal globe chandelier on the ceiling showered the pond below with cascading water, akin to a gentle rain shower. As we approached the pond, I opened my mouth, and Polara's reaction was nothing short of astonishment. Wow, this is something, she took a deep breath. Suddenly, the pond's inhabitants, the fish, swarmed to the surface, drawn to her presence. I pointed at the aquatic congregation. Your friends are here. Polara settled by the pond's edge, dipping her hand into the water. The fish gravitated toward her, their scales catching the light in a mesmerizing display of brilliance. As they made contact with her skin, their scales sparkled with newfound luster. Polara, please heal me, I pleaded. I need to go and find this urn. Polara narrowed her eyes her gaze penetrating my soul. This is happening far too frequently. It used to be once every six years, but now you require my healing every three months. I let out a deep sigh, my shoulders slumping. I know, and I'm sorry, Polara. It's just getting worse, and I can't control it. If you want to prevent your fangs from emerging uncontrollably, you know you must turn she admonished, her voice firm. My heart sank at her words. No, Polara, I can't. I have a life here and children. I can't abandon everything. She reached out, her fingers brushing my cheek gently. My dear Ola, your Sakuran heritage is your essence. You've run from it for far too long. Stop trying to escape. You must learn to embrace who you are and unlock your powers. Frustration welled up within me, but I don't want it, Polara. The idea of turning or having mystical powers is overwhelming for me. 
Al won't always be everything to you. One day, you will leave it all behind to fulfill your true destiny. What are you afraid of, Ola? I hesitated, searching for an answer buried deep within my heart. I just want to be free. I want a normal life. Polara's expression softened, her eyes filled with empathy. You know that I am here to guide you, to help you unlock your powers. She reached into her bag and took out a small glass bottle filled with purple liquid. Drink this, she instructed. I took the bottle, its contents shimmering like amethysts, and sipped. A wave of calm washed over me, a familiar sensation that I had experienced many times before. I don't know what you're afraid of, Ola. Why can't you accept who you are and bring yourself to turn? It's that simple, Polara said, her tone filled with conviction. I don't want these Njuzu powers, or whatever else you call it. I'm just not ready, I confessed harshly. Polara shook her head, her eyes never leaving mine. Having spent all these years in the West, do you not feel that something is missing? Her probing question caught me off guard. I had never truly pondered it. I don't know, and I don't want to talk about it, I replied, feeling an unsettling sense of confusion. Polara placed a hand on my shoulder. It's time to start asking those questions, my dear. I am just Ola, I protested. Polara's frown deepened, her words carrying unwavering resolve. You've constructed this illusion to evade your true identity. Even if you were to die tomorrow, you would still be Sakuran. Every breath you take, every step you make, you are Sakuran. Her gaze bore into me, and she continued, Rejecting your spiritual power in pursuit of physical power will be your downfall. Look around you. This world of technology and convenience will one day crumble. But you, my dear, are our last hope. If only you would embrace your true self, you'll discover divine power and everlasting peace. Can we please get these fangs to fall out so I can go to the lab and do some work? I implored, my frustration mounting. I know you don't hold technology in high regard, but it means everything to me. Polara shook her head and spoke with an unwavering certainty. My dear Ola, sooner or later, you will turn, whether you like it or not. With a deft motion, she scattered a pack of crystallized sea salt into the pond. Then she took my hand and submerged it in the water. As my skin made contact with the pond's waters, a sudden gale materialized from thin air, and rolling wind waves crashed against the glass walls. The room filled with the roar of an otherworldly tempest, yet not a single glass pane shattered. A radiant azure light emanated from Polara's chest, bathing me in its warmth. Beneath that tumultuous wind, the world stood still, and the extraordinary unfolded. Moments later, water droplets leaped from the pond, dancing upon my hand and forming a shimmering line. The water trickled upward, slipping under my clothing and into my mouth, nostrils, and ears. With her other hand, Polara scooped water from the pond, tracing it across my forehead down to my chin. 
A slight prickling sensation coursed through my arm, followed by the eruption of purple and gray stone-like fish scales. The pain was brief but intense as the scales pierced my skin before settling. Then my fangs forcefully extended outward, and then they detached from my gums and Polara caught them. A droplet of blood ebbed from my mouth, but it soon evaporated. The fish scattered, darting away as we withdrew our hands from the water. I took a deep breath, attempting to push the bewildering events from my mind. Thank you, I said to Polara. She placed the two fangs in my hand. You've been trying to lose these teeth since you were a little girl. You cannot deny who you are. Just turn, and I won't have to come here all the time. A soft chuckle escaped my lips. Come on, the pain of turning is like labor pains, except for it's in my mouth. Polara burst into laughter. Please, where did you give birth to know that labor pain is like losing your fangs? I know these things. I was there when Quinyang and Mingxia were born, I replied, a smile tugging at my lips. You were just a birthing partner for your friend, who abandoned her children anyway. Polara remarked, her voice filled with amusement. I smirked and glanced at my watch. I'm running late. Thank you, Polara. It's nice seeing you. It's time to go. Polara rose from her seat. Then I shall take my leave, Mwananyana. I returned to the bathroom where I washed my hands. As I opened the cabinet above the sink, my eyes immediately fell upon the small jar containing my previous month's worth of fangs. How long would this cycle persist? I wondered, suppressing the surge of regret. Pressing my lips into a firm line, I grasped the jar and opened it. This time I didn't bother drying the fangs. I simply dropped them in with the rest and walked away. After a refreshing shower, I made my way downstairs. Thank you very much for listening. I will see you back in the next episode.